Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Say this after me, Jesus is my beginning. Say, Jesus is my foundation. And this morning, we are going to look at Jesus as my identity. Jesus, my identity. Say, say Jesus is my identity. One more time, Jesus is my identity. Because if we don't know who we are in Christ, we are going to settle for... Anything that this world will bring our way, if we don't know who we are in Christ, we are going to settle for anything that this world is going to offer, even if it's not God's best for us. Somebody once said, to become what one is, one must not have the faintest idea what one is. They must know who you are. You, there must not be any shadow of doubt about who you are. Amen. And we, as the children of God, we derive our identity from Christ as we are going to see. Let's go to 1 John chapter number 4 and verse number 17. For those of you who connected during our um, Finishing strong service, you will remember that we declared Uguti Asfani. Asfani. First John 4, verse number 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We yield to you, Lord. We fix and we focus our minds on you. We ask, speak to us. Give us ears to hear eyes to see, and lips to speak and to declare your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I'm sure we can all agree, Bazalone, that we were all created by God. All of us, we did not just exist by chance. We did not create ourselves, but God created all mankind. And God, the Bible tells us that he made us in his image and likeness. That is very important for us to embrace, to know that God created us. God made us in his image and likeness, in his image and likeness. He gave us our identity. He made us who we are. 
who we are in the nature of our being. God is the one who coded us, if I may put it like that, so that we can be who he has designed for us to be. And in order for us to, to understand our original makeup, who we are in the nature of our being, it is very important for us to know and understand our maker's makeup. To know him, to understand his composition and his qualities that makes him who he is. So that we can know what is it that we mean when we say that he has made us in his image and likeness. Are we here, Bazalwan? The first thing and the most important thing that the Bible tells us about God, because there must not be any confusion about the fact that we were made in the image and the likeness of God. It has to be something that we understand very clearly in our minds. The first and the most important thing, and if there is something that, you know, we are supposed to know about God, if, if there's one thing that if you are given a choice that, you know, this is the one and the only thing that you can know, Know this, that God is spirit. According to John chapter number 4, verse 24, God is what? God is spirit. So the image and the likeness that the Bible is talking about is not necessarily the physical image and likeness. So if God says we look like him, he does not necessarily mean that he has this physical look. Because if that's the case, then we'll have a problem <laughs> of really figuring out who God is and how he looks. Because some of us are thin, some of us are not. Some of us, especially if we are not born again, you know, there's something that salvation does to your face. And after you get saved, you know, something changes uh, and, and God improves us in one way or the other. I should show you my pictures before I got saved. My son once asked me, Dad, were you sick? I was like, no, I was not. I was very much alive. <laughs> Thank God for salvation. So God is spirit. That's what the Bible says. God is spirit in the nature of his being, who he is, the essence of God. The Bible says he is spirit. God is spirit. And, and we need to also understand that even as we say God is spirit, we need to know and understand his makeup in the sense that God, as a spirit being, does not mean that, you know, he's just floating in the sky. Uh, he's a wind that blows, you know, tossing to and fro. But the Bible says about him that he thinks, he has a mind. He expresses thoughts. God, uh, the Bible talks about the mind of the spirit. So God is a thinker. As opposed to, you know, how we see him sometimes as Christians. We don't think God thinks. 
That's why we always think God will always be unreasonable. And that's why the Bible says, he is the one who said, come and let us reason together. Why? Because he is a thinker. There is a certain way that God thinks. And not only that, God also has emotions. That's why God can grieve. God can sense, you know, he can, he can express sadness or joy. That is God. And also God has a will, desires. There are certain things that God wants, that he desires to do. There are certain things that he does not desire for them to do or to happen for that matter. That's how he is. He's not random. God is not random. God is not just, you know, uh, he is not going to take any shape or form that we want to give him. God has a will. God has a will. He, he, he's a planner. God has emotions. That's why the Bible talks about how we must not grieve his spirit. Right? And the Bible says he gives us gifts according to his will. That's who God is. So there are certain things that God wills to do in your life, but certain things that he does not will to do in your life or desire to do in your life, that's who God is. That's why he has a will for our lives. Certain things that he will allow us for, he will allow for us to do and certain things that he will not allow us to do because that's who God is. And when he created us and gave us his image and likeness, he wanted us to be lined up to his thoughts, his emotions, and also his will. In other words, to think like him, to, to feel like him. In other words, everything that grieves him to also grieve us. And so that we can also have his desires because all of those, he expresses them through his soul. Now, he has another dimension. God has a soul because he expresses all of these things that I said through his soul. That's why the Bible says there in Hebrews 10 verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back. The Bible says it is God speaking. My soul has no pleasure in them. My soul has no pleasure in them. So God can express pleasure. Those are emotions. He can express sadness and sorrow over certain situations. That's why all throughout the scripture, there were certain nations that, you know, when, when he was looking at them, he was not happy about them. Are we here? That's why the Bible also speaks about how he rejoices over us through singing. Can you imagine God sings over us? When he is rejoicing, that's why even when Jesus was baptized, coming out of the water, the Bible says the heavens were opened, the spirit of God came upon him, and he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, expressing how his soul was feeling at that particular point in time. So all of his thoughts, emotions, and desires are processed in his soul because he has a soul. And when he created us, Barcelona, he, he wanted us, he wanted us to have the same even in our soul. So we, we became, the Bible says, 
living souls when God breathed upon us. I'm sure you will remember the, um, the story in the Bible in Genesis 2. The Bible gives us how God created and made us. The Bible says he squeezed us into shape from the dust of the ground. That's how dirty we were. <laughs> squeezed us into shape, right? And we became, we, we, God gave us or he formed this body that we have. And the Bible says then he breathed, it says the breath of life. So his spirit became the source of life. And when God breathed into us, what happened? The Bible says we became living souls. We, we, we were given that uh, human uh, nature so that we can also think, we can also desire, we can also feel. Not just in, uh, on our bodies, by the way, but also in our, so that we can. So in other words, God was giving us a personality. So that we can think, so that you can know how you feel, so that you can know what you want in life, so that you are not just going to live a random life. But at that point in the Garden of Eden, because God, we said this on Friday, when he creates and makes, he does everything in a perfect way. So here's the deal, repeating what I said on Friday. When the animals show up before Adam, nobody teaches Adam what this animal is. Nobody tells him this is a lion. Nobody tells him this is a goat. Nobody tells him this is a snake. The Bible says as they show up, he starts giving them names the way that they were named by God. Why? Because his soul was exactly the copy of God. So in other words, he received a soul with the coding and the program of God's thoughts, God's emotions, God's feelings. So in other words, everything that 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 that. Adam was supposed to know was already downloaded in him. So that even as he lives life, his life, he, he does not have to look for information, but it is already downloaded on the inside of him. So he knows how to behave in different situations and circumstances. Why? Because he had the image and the likeness of God. That's why the Bible says about us when we get saved, that is. But it says we have, maybe before I even go there, let me, let me remind you that the book of Isaiah now, because when sin comes in, we get deceived, we give in, right? And our minds get exposed to things that God did not want us to know. Because only God is all-knowing. So in other words, God said, I know everything that there is to know. But I don't want you to know everything because there are certain things. That's why we have this English saying that says, what you don't know, what you don't know, won't hurt you, won't kill you. Because you don't know it. Because human nature says, if I get to, it's like a child. When you say to them, don't touch this, that's when they are curious. I wonder what will happen if I touch it. So God was like that. Is that I don't want you to know things that will tempt you. Right? So, so he shut that part so that only he can be all-knowing. Knowing things that he can resist. Right? And he says, now, you are just going to know what you need to know so that you can just get by. But sin comes, then we end up knowing things that were not necessary for us. 
The Bible says they, their eyes were opened. And all of a sudden, they realized they were naked. All along, they, they were naked, but they did not really notice. Yeah. It did not make any difference. But now they started to realize, oh, we are naked. We are going to come back there in just a moment because I have to close. But then the book of Isaiah says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. No longer his thoughts in the book of Isaiah. Why? Because we found ourselves knowing things and we started gravitating towards knowledge that is not helpful for us. And gradually we moved away from how God thinks about us. And in the book of Isaiah says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are no longer your ways. You are now operating differently from how I have wired you originally. And our perspective changed. So take note, Gabazolani, the quality of life that you and I were supposed to live as God's people was supposed to be directly linked to the spirit of God. Who is our source of life, by the way. Linked to his thoughts, desires, and emotions. Our existence was not supposed to be based on what we have found here on earth or what we can accumulate here on earth. But it was supposed to be based on what we have received from God, who God has made us to be and created us to be. Are we together? That's why then Job says something very critical. He says, naked I came and naked I, I returned. Now, that does not mean Job was nothing. But he realized that nothing I find in this world can define who I am. I'm not going to derive my identity from what I have found because all who I am. In other words, I, I am who I am before I even hit the ground. That, that's why when God speaks to Jeremiah, he calls him, he says, Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I have, I, uh, Barcelona, he says, I have ordained you a prophet. So what does that mean? In other words, God was simply saying, I have decided and predetermined your identity even before you preach the message. So in other words, preaching a message does not make you a prophet. You were a prophet before you prophesied. So in other words, your prophetic ability came from God himself when he made you who you are. So in other words, we are actually reducing God when we are going to attempt to derive our identity from things that we have found in this world. And so, so in other words, even in your walk, in your, in your life, you know, as you, as you continue in life, never think that the university will make you a doctor. My goodness. So in other words, well, before you go to the university, you, are, you must be. That's why hospitals are filled with people who are malfunctioning because they studied to become doctors and nurses, but they were never made doctors and nurses. Woo! I think I'm feeling this someone as I'm preaching, like I'm preaching to myself. I'm saying, Jacob, you better know who you are. You, you better know who you are. You better know who you are. I better understand that there is no car. There is no house. There is no job. There is no money that makes me who I am. I'm not going to wait for my promotion for me to know who I am. I'm not going to wait for more money for me to know who I am. I'm not going to wait for the car. These things are there not to make me who I am because my identity is 
is derived from who my father is. I am made in his image and likeness. The, the psalmist says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who I am. God was too careful to put my pieces together. God took his time designing and coding me. There are certain abilities on the inside of me, Barcelona, that are waiting for me to realize who am I in God. And as soon as, as soon as I see myself in him, these things get activated on the inside of me. So you better know that by the time you go to varsity to study medicine, you are already a doctor. Uh, before you go to varsity to study for this, you are already, this is your calling. This is who you are. That's how, that's how you were wired and coded on the inside of you. And that's how you walk in your destiny. That's how you walk in your calling. Because occupying a position does not make you that. You can be called Mr. President only to find that you are not necessarily Mr. President. That's why you will malfunction in that seat. Because that is not what God has wired and designed for you to be. Because outside of who and what God has made you, you are going to malfunction. That's exactly the reason why Satan was kicked out of heaven. Because he started desiring what he was not designed to be. He saw God and he desired the position of God. And he was never meant to be God. He was meant to be second in charge. And he was already, you know, established in who he was. The Bible says about him that, you know, he was, I mean, if you study the doctrine of Lucifer, you will be so shocked to say, how can you leave such a position because you had everything going for you? I mean, that man, the Bible says the way that he was wired, he was music personified. He had all forms of pipes that even as he was just his tanning, it was a no it was a cord. He was just worship personified. And nobody had access into the presence of God like Lucifer did. I mean, he had like the most, the most closest access into the presence of God. But as soon as he saw God, he desired the seat of God. He was like, so that's why if you are going to shift the focus from being who you are, and look at somebody else and leave your position and desire someone, else, someone else's position, you, you will begin to malfunction because no matter who, you know, you know, I can be who I am. No matter what the case, I mean, I've tried it before. I, will, I can never be certain things in life. I can try and be average. But the best me is in, is in who God has designed for me to be. That is the best version of me. I can, I can, I can try business. I've tried before. Always average. Until I accepted. God one day challenged me and said, God, who, who are you? you? What's your calling? What did I call you for? And I was like, oh, Lord. I'm your servant. He said, yeah, make your calling and election sure. Embrace it. Be comfortable in the fact that you're a pastor. Because it, it sounded cool that when I meet my teachers, and then they ask me, what do you do? I'll be like, I'm in business. <laughs> wow. So that my teachers can be proud of me. Yeah. And God one day rebuked me and said, stop this nonsense. You're a pastor. Tell them you're a pastor. 
And I, one day I met my other teacher and she asked me, oh, Jacob, good to see you after so many. What do you do? I was like, oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, you know the joy that filled my heart for the first time. I felt good about my, because after I say, I'm doing business, you know, you, afterwards you look down because you know you are not doing that well there, even if you are there, but you're not really doing this thing. is giving you sleepless nights. Because that's not who I am. Oh, but I'm comfortable in being a pastor. Oh. Amen. What a joy to walk in my calling. What a joy to know that, you know, God has called me to preach the gospel. What a joy to know that God has called me to be a builder of churches. And, and, and I have made my calling and election sure. I'm comfortable in my own skin. That's who I am. I can't change myself. The only way you can escape your identity, it is through the grave. And we don't want to die, right? We want to live and, and declare God's praises. Are we here? So the quality of life we were supposed to be uh, to live, I said, it is not supposed to depend on anything. Because in this world, here's the problem. In this world, we are defined. The world gives us names and identities based on what we have and what we are going through. Jacob, Jacob, that's like, whoa, see, uh, the, the, the one who is a director in such and such a company, that's, that's where we derive our identities from. Ah, the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible does not even give us her name. Defined or named according to the situation you are going through. The one who lost his job. The one who is divorced. The Bible talks about the blind Bartimaeus. It's like it's not enough if I can say Bartimaeus. Which one? The beggar, the blind one who is begging at the corner. Because that's how the world operates and many of us, we are trapped in that. That because for the longest of time, we grow up in families where there are difficult situations and circumstances. And, and almost in all the community, that's how your family was described. It's like, and, and you embrace that identity in such a way that by the time you start affording shoes, you feel like there's something wrong with that. And sometimes we give ourselves names. That are not in line with God's plan and purpose. It's like, you know, <laughs> have you ever found yourself one day insisting on defining yourself in a manner that you also know is not right? Like, as you are saying it, it it's like, but you, you, you know, me I know I'm very stubborn. It's like, why, why would you want to be known as somebody who is stubborn? Why? And in a negative way for that matter. It's like at that point, there's something that you must do and you don't want to do. Uh, and you want to justify yourself in saying that you know yourself. And God is sitting in heaven. It's like, I don't know that kind of, that is not who I have created in you. You just adopted something in this world. And then all of a sudden, you know, Mina, Mina, there are people who are like that. Have you, have you ever came across a person who will define themselves as like, I'm, the, I'm, I'm very cruel. My heart is very, and if a person just does, I will deal with them. 
And we have accepted in describing or defining ourselves through things that are not good for our destinies, our lives, our marriages, and we somehow have accepted. It's like even when, you know, the, the, I, I think I once made this example here at church that even as married couples, be careful when your spouse <laughs> begins to give you some form of a title. That as she says it or he says it for the first time, you know there's something offish about this. But because you're in public, you don't want to correct her or him, you know. And you kind of, and then all of a sudden, it continues. And because she has already or he has already named you that, you kind of need to live up to that. I mean, I know my husband. He does not like, and deep down in your heart, you like that thing that she's talking about. But you end up not liking it, not because you don't like it, but simply because my wife says, I don't like it, so I don't like it. So my, my husband loves Netflix, so now, so, so now you are, so when we visit you, you will kind of want to watch Netflix, just so that they can confirm. <laughs> So, so don't allow yourself to be boxed into... So, so if you know that is not you, the first day it is announced, just say that. Mm -mm, me, it's like, no. Love, I love coffee. It's like, I love coffee. Uh, uh, I love coffee. So if my wife says something contrary to that, I'll be like the first one to say, whoa. <laughs> Like as we are fasting now, there are certain things that she decided to also put aside and whatever. And 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 sometimes she speaks on my behalf, and and, and she'll be like, "We decided to stop coffee." I'll be like, "Whoa, I am drinking coffee, right? I'm good. I'm taking I'm taking my caffeine. Everything. I'm good. So if you're not taking coffee, just don't take coffee. But as for me." Yeah, it's like we are vegetarians. No, 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 you know, like I, uh, we've decided we are going to eat, ve eat vegetables. I'm like, whoa, when was that meeting, by the way? Where are the minutes? <laughs> Where's my signature? Let me see. It's like, whoa, you, 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 you have decided. I'm just taking along because you are the one who cooks. So if there's vegetables on the table, I'll eat vegetables without complaining. But I ain't no vegetarian. <laughs> I want my meat. Don't tell her I said that, right? <laughs> no, but this is a true story. Like, we just had this conversation a couple of days ago. And she was like, oh, no, you know, um, as we are, because when we are fasting in the evening, we just eat veggies and stuff. So she says, actually, we can live like this. I was like, whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. Let's stop there. <laughs> it's all good. We are fasting. It's a sacrifice unto the Lord. After 21 days. I shall eat my meat in the name of Jesus. It sounds like you, you, you are in the same problem, my friend. What's going on? Or are you the culprit? Ah, I agree, but I haven't decided yet. So, so some things shall not be imposed upon us. So this is not, that's not who I am at the moment. <laughs> Just give me some time to breathe and to decide. 
So, so here's the thing. The enemy came and stole our identity. He confused us, Barcelona. We found ourselves defining ourselves with the things that were never meant to define us. Like I said earlier, you know, when the enemy came, deceived Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, what do they do? They look at themselves all of a sudden. They say, we are naked, right? And, and the Bible says, take note, they, they take fig leaves. And they make tunics for themselves. So in other words, now they are depending on creation to cover themselves up. And that's where many of us are at the moment. That as soon as we lose our identity in God, we run to material things to cover up, you know, for, 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 for blindness and ignorance of who we are in God. And we, we think maybe if I buy another car, I will feel good about myself. If maybe I get a better job, that's why we are job hopping. Why? Because the problem here is not about fulfilling calling and destiny, but is that we desire to feel good about ourselves and we are de desiring to do it from wrong places. We are covering up. And it's tiring to cover up. The Bible says the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's what he did. He stole our identity. And his aim, it is to destroy us. And that's why we are no longer enjoying life. Because life is life on its own without any material thing. Can you enjoy breathing? <laughs> so hiding behind material things all the time. We have that deep-seated desire when we get to a place where we're not feeling good about ourselves. It's like, ah, maybe if I can make more money, I will be more happy. Maybe if I can change this job. No. Let's go back to God and say, Jesus, show me who I am. Because that's where I am going to begin to see myself the way that you are looking at me. Because our God is the, is the Lord who restores. And, and, and our identity can only be restored in him. When the Bible says the enemy does not come to kill, uh, it does not come except for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Jesus says, but I have come so that you may have life. That thing that... God breathed into us and, and caused us to be living souls. In other words, I want to live again and be able to just become alive and aware of my abilities, aware of my giftings, aware of my calling, aware of where God is taking me, irrespective of where I am trapped currently. So in other words, I might be in a situation that is not desirable in my life at the moment. Maybe I'm experiencing some form of setback, poverty, pain, sorrow, whatever the case may be, but that's not who I am. What I know is that there is Jacob who was formed and created by God in a perfect way. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that is what I am striving to be each and every day. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And my identity is locked in the kingdom of God. As I seek the kingdom of God, I begin to seek Jesus. And I seek Jesus, I begin to see who he is. And my eyes are opened and I'm going to be transformed. And guess what? Before I know it, all this other things that I've been chasing after to try and find myself, they are going to be added unto me. That's how life is meant to be lived. These are the signs that shall follow them who believe. But today, who is following who? Are we not following signs? Are we not following things? Are we not chasing after things? 
But the Bible says these things are supposed to follow us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And sometimes we forsake the house of the Lord to chase, to follow goodness and mercy. Because <laughs> we think things are the source of our happiness. Somebody once said, there are people who are afraid of taking themselves out because they are afraid of themselves. They're afraid to be alone, like just confront yourself, sit down, reflect, have a conversation with yourself. That's why you want somebody else to distract you from looking at who you have become. We can't self-introspect. That's why even when we pray, we get into the presence of God, we tell him what to do, we walk out. Because we don't want to give him an opportunity to tell us. Say, Jacob, your attitude sucks. You need to work on it. Didn't like the way that you spoke to your wife. And that's the, that's the most sobering moment I will always have from time to time in the presence of God. Well, God will just talk to me. I'm like, no, don't talk to your kids like this. Change your attitude. And sometimes I will be very much upset, freaking out. They'll be like, yay! And God will be like, no, that's not who you are. You, you're supposed to be loving, caring. What happened to that? I go back and apologize. Like, no, but God, you, need, you see, I think we need to first have a conversation with my I need to make you understand that I can't know. Jacob, go and apologize. Don't, don't explain yourself. Just go and apologize. I mean, like, uh, mm, I love, you know. But what happened earlier, just wanted to say I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, okay. But my, my, my wife is, how can I describe her? She's a, it's like, she, so when you come, you think you are going to, like, oh, wow, no, I'm glad you apologize. What a good husband you are. She's like, okay. You're sorry? Okay. Life goes on. I'll be like, God, you see? <laughs> and then he'll be like, you are wrong, not her. <laughs> so rebuild. Like, wow. That's how life is supposed to be. Where God teaches us to live life at its best. Life. Not mat materialistically. My life, life. Because that's how Jesus lived his life. Jesus knew who he was. They did not like him. They called him names. They said he's demon-possessed. They said he's trying to be this and that. They were trying to stone him. I mean, there was a time where he ran away. It's like, it's the coolest thing ever. If I, can, if, if I can ask one thing from God, when I get to him, it's like, take me to that moment. 
when Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Alpha and the Omega, ran away. They wanted to stone him. What the corner? Which Jesus? Nothing. Yamona abambe ikaunyake ebalega. Nkosi amakos. It's like oh, the funniest thing. If I can have a moment just with him to say, <laughs> how was it? Did you disappear or literally run? Were you tired afterwards? Did you sweat? Oh Jesus! It's like wow. Jesus ran away, but Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew who else. You see, when we're playing, that's when I feel like I'm finishing, you see. So when we're not playing, it's like I can go on for five hours. But Jesus knew who, who he was, no matter what they called him, no matter what they named him, no matter how much pressure that they tried to. I mean, even from the day he was fasting 40 days and 40 nights, the devil also came and tried to put him under pressure to step out of his destiny and calling and his identity. The devil said to him, if indeed you are the son of God, Jesus did not want to prove a point to the devil that indeed I am the son of God but he knew at that point in time this is not a time to prove a point because it is written I will derive my identity from who God says I am not what you the devil says I must perform just to prove a point to you and at the right time Jesus rises up and he tells them I am the light of this world and he says before Abraham was I am that is who Jesus is and he says to them I am the bread of life and when he comes and Lazarus was already dead and they tell him you are already late he says I am the resurrection and I am the life and he says I am the way the truth and the life because he knew who he was and that's how he operated he operated and functioned from who he is because he knew that his father created him to be the resurrection and the life he created him to be the rivers of the living waters he created him to be the truth he created him to be the life that who he that is who he is and if Jesus knew who he was we better know who we are in God I better understand that when I am in Christ I am a new creation the Bible says in other words you are not going to name me according to where I am coming from I know I was once poor but now I'm a new creation I know I was once sick but I am now a new creation I'm also the light of this world. If Jesus says he is the light of this world as he is, so am I in this world. I know who I am. I am the child of the most high God. I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. I am blessed and highly favored. The hand of God is upon my life. That's who I am. You better know who you are. I am anointed of God. I am blessed of God. I am favored of God. That's who I am. That's who I am. The devil must not confuse your identity. Your situations and circumstances must not confuse your identity. I know sometimes I stumble as a husband, but I know who I am. And that's why I will go back and apologize because I know that's not me. The one who hurt you was not me. And I'm stepping back to my identity. Woman, I'm going to love you. My kids, I'm going to provide for you because that's who I am. So I am and as he is, so am I in his world. 
Some will call it arrogance, but I know who I am. Because when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, they wanted to kill him. But he did not change the tune. He, he took it to another level. He said, you will drink my blood and you will eat of my flesh because that's who I am. Where I am, I bring life. You better sit with your boss and tell them that the blessing of the Lord is upon my life. As, and as long as I am part of this company, this company shall be blessed. Because that is who I am. That is who I am. That is who I am. Our identity is not just for the sake of having an identity, but it is linked to purpose. There are certain doors you will know when you are working in a company. Doors are locked. Offices are coded according to people's identities. There is this form of identity that now they don't give you a physical key, right? They, they don't give you a physical key, but they take your fingerprint. They, they take your, your face, how you look. And, and when you go to certain doors, and, and some of us, we stay in such places, right? When you go and you arrive at the gate, that boom gate is not going to lift until we know who you are. If are you the right person for the right place? Are you not lost? Maybe are you not visiting somebody? So you need to know that as a child of God, my identity is linked to something somewhere. So if I find myself, there are certain doors that can only be opened when they recognize who I am. But it begins with me. So in other words, there are certain levels of blessing and favor that I can only be able to tap into as soon as I know who I am. Because unless I I know who I am, I will never dare go to that office. I will never go to that estate. I will never dare go and approach that door because I will never be recognized. But if I am confident in who I am, I will approach the door with an expectation that as I approach, it is going to open, not because of maybe what I am going to do, but because of who I am. I am here to challenge somebody. Jesus died on the cross just so that you can know who you are. Jesus hung on that cross to tell you that you are a child of God. To tell you that you are an heir with Jesus. To tell you that there is an inheritance with your name on it. There's your healing with your name on it. There's a blessing with your name on it. There's a breakthrough with your name on it. You better not give up yet. Discover who you are. Go back to Jesus and say, show me who I am. There are doors I need to unlock. There are places I need to access. Show me who I am. Tell me who I am. Tell me who I am. My marriage is busy dying. Show me who I am. My family is getting finished. Show me who I am. Show me who I am. Show me who I am. Jesus reveal who I am. The Bible says, as we are saved, there's a veil that is being removed. Oh, Jesus. The Bible says, as we behold his glory, the Bible says we are transformed from glory to glory. And then it says, into the very same image. Why? Because as he is, so am I in this world. Yeah. 
Who am I? I am a child of God. Who am I? I am sanctified. Who am I? I am blessed. That's why Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name. So in other words, I don't qualify. I don't qualify. As long as you see the physical me, I don't qualify. But in the name of Jesus, my identity shifts. And heaven recognizes Jesus, the finished work of the cross. So in other words, Angzugu's candle and sweat and scratch my head about where I'm supposed to go and how my life is supposed to turn out. As long as I have discovered my identity in Christ, as long as I know that I am building upon that firm foundation, for as long as I know that Jesus is the author and the finisher of my faith, what I know is that the good work that he has begun in me, he is going to perfect it. I might be going through pain today, but I know that Jesus, has not given up on me. He is still very much at work. He is going to fix my career. He is going to fix my marriage. He is. Because that's who I am. Let's lift up our hands in this place. Just begin to pray. Ask Jesus in this place. Ask him. Say, Lord, just, just restore my identity, Lord. Remind me of who I am. Just show me, oh God, who I am. In the name of Jesus Christ, your word declares, oh God, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, oh God. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.